But you know what? I thought you were mysterious like my mother until it turned out the mysterious just meant depressed, all right? Hard to reach. I mean, I'm dying here. I don't like going out. You know that I get anxiety when I have to meet people. You know how hard that is. Everything you touch turns to shit! Like King Midas' idiot brother. Jesus. But if you two aren't the biggest pair of fuck-ups I've ever met in my entire life... Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Give Us a Second. A mini-sode series. Brought to you by the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is our 40th Give Us a Second and our first since August. It really felt weird doing that intro. It just feels like a lifetime since we've done a a mini-sode, a Give Us a Second. I actually thought that our last Give Us a Second was my solo shows. I completely forgotten about the memorable trailers deal we did in August. Oh, yeah. Which I actually thought went better than expected. Oh, yeah, I know. It just, when I was thinking, like, what number is this and going back and looking, I was like, oh, yeah, we did do one since the comeback from the lockdown. too, because I always feel like the downloads for the Give Us a Seconds are less than usual. But when I talk to people about the show, they kind of like the Give Us a Seconds because, let's face it, not everyone wants to give us two hours of their lives at a time. About one thing yeah yeah i know but yeah the, there is a stark contrast between yeah. the regular episodes and f- the give us a second people just are like well we don't we don't care about this because it's not a real app which i appreciate yes but this is a special episode today we are talking fifth anniversary of the podcast and underrated movies absolutely it's a twofer yes that's right folks january 21st 2016. Not since we did Closer slash Blink-182 has there been as good of a combo on one episode. (laughs) (laughs) January 21st, 2016, we posted our first five episodes, and the rest is history. That's right. Can you name, in order, in order, what those five are? Ha! No. Our first five episodes were D2, The Mighty Ducks which was 45 minutes long. Our second episode was Under the Skin. Oh, man. Okay. 34 minutes long. Number three. Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. (laughs) Vultures, every episode of Saved by the Bell, ranked from worst to best, 37 minutes. So when we started this podcast, we had this grand idea of what the topics of the show would be, and we thought it could be a lot of different things. Articles. TV episodes, movies, YouTube videos, parts of songs, songs, random ideas, (laughs) listing things in order that we like or whatever. We had all kinds of crazy off-the-wall topics, and pretty quickly we realized our bread and butter was going to be talking about movies and occasionally TV. Yeah. And it's been quite a journey, folks. We didn't really (laughs) try music for like a while, and then we just did, and it's kind of just come and gone. Our fourth episode was Twin Peaks, Firewalk With Me, The Missing Pieces, That's which right. were the deleted scenes. Which it, So you're kind of seeing the theme here. Yeah, we would just do like random shit. If you're familiar with Twin Peaks, though, or Firewalk With Me, you would know that there are like two hours of deleted scenes that are almost like their own David Lynch movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that episode was an hour and a half or something, wasn't it? Was it was 53 minutes. Okay. <laughs> which for then... That was I, our I, longest I, by far. Yeah, I, I'm factoring in inflation. 
Number five was The Silence of the Lambs. That's right. Which was only 45 minutes, which Seems is completely insane. insane. <laughs> yeah, and these weren't even our shortest because we did The X-Files, which I think was 33 Home. minutes. That's right. So which yeah, I still think is a great episode of The X-Files. It took us a while to really find our stride. When people find the show now and we find new listeners... Begging them not to listen yeah, to those episodes. Much rather than listen to more recent stuff first before delving into the archives of maybe the first 100 episodes or so while we were still struggling to figure it all out. Just so much dead air. (laughs) (laughs) But this was not our first attempt at a podcast, and it took a while, I think, for us to figure out how to do one. Something we're still learning, obviously. We're not experts. We're not really that great at it. Far from it. Far from it. God knows if you heard our precursors to the greatest moments, holy shit. Oof. God only knows what we talked about to fill those episodes of those prior shows up. We would watch movies, we would talk about shows and movies and for like all hours of the night. (laughs) At some point we were like, Well, I mean I feel like this could be a show. Yeah, our first podcast, the Killer Cinema Podcast or whatever we called it, was okay. But it was more of a, let's go to the theater and see a new movie and then review it. Except by the time we post it, that movie will have already been out for a while. It, it just, like out of the news cycle? Yeah, it was sort of like a pointless thing. We were forcing ourselves to see dumb movies. You didn't even go to all of them. So the, then you wouldn't <laughs> okay, even have anything I'm sorry to sorry that I just couldn't give my life to this. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it was yeah. a shitty podcast because right. it's like not all of the people on the show had seen the movie and it was just like what are we doing well i don't know (laughs) but yeah i think we've definitely finally after five years we've sort of starting to hit our stride yeah we've gotten a kind of a a new outlook on the show post covid lockdown where it seemed like all of a sudden there was a little bit more interest from newer listeners we've picked up the listener requests again truth be told if there was like four people that listen to the show and enjoyed it and, and two gave of us them feedback. Were us. <laughs> I meant four besides us, yeah, but yeah. yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we would be fine with it. We mostly just do the podcast for ourselves and we talk about stuff we like. Yeah. And it's forced us to like expand our horizons a little bit. It wasn't just like, all right, well, let's do every movie we already like oh, in order. We've tried to vary it up. Otherwise, by now, we would have already burned through our top 200 movies. And instead, we've like jumped around and done different things. And I talked about it on the Slapshop episode briefly. Like, I've just gotten into like movies that never would have come across my radar. I are just things I never would have thought of because you know all the big movies from before you existed, but you don't know what was the 15th best movie of. 1973 or even what was the hundredth best movie of it (laughs) well (laughs) if you're gonna watch a hundred movies from every year movies existed i don't know there's gonna be some duds certainly but there might be something there to offer yeah and i think we're in an exciting time for the show now that both of us are on letterboxd which i don't know why we weren't doing that before but i didn't even know what it was until you all of a sudden dropped it on well yeah i knew what it was for a while and i was just like i don't know i've already seen so many movies but i don't know you have to just jump in and start logging the movies as you see them and eventually you work up sort of a long list of things and it it actually kind of 
encourages you to be like, you know what, I'm going to try like four movies this week that I've never seen before, and maybe I'll write a review for two of them and It'll be see f- what other people are saying about it. It'll be fun when we get to the era of the show where, when we're like looking back on the Letterboxd era. Remember when we were like trying to get that going and like <laughs> have that be a thing? What do you think your favorite episode of the podcast is, if you had to guess? I wish I could tell you. <laughs> I um, knew you weren't going to have an answer, yeah, which is why I asked. I mean, it goes back to, it's more like I can remember when I had a favorite episode, and we all know the oft-discussed Halloween 3 episode. I just felt like that episode gave me hope for the show, even though like I know that we ended up being so much better then we right, I know exactly what you mean, because we took something that we enjoyed a lot, and I think we conveyed in an accurate way why we thought Halloween 3 was funny and enjoyable, yeah. and we riffed on it in a way that we hadn't yet I think, been able to quite accomplish. I think the Wonders Year, Wonder Years one was decent. We probably could have done a better job for how obsessed yeah. we were with those two episodes. But we like hate those early episodes, yet there's stuff that stands out from that time. That really captured what we wanted to do. Yeah. And sometimes it's still like a little bit of a struggle trying to like balance the factual stuff and and have like a serious discussion about what's going on in a movie, but then also like do our funny quote unquote (laughs) fun. I don't want to (laughs) sound like we have like a big head, like we think we're some great geniuses, but you know what I mean? Like do our little stupid jokes or whatever. You know, I do have some that stick out to me, though, over time. I feel like I always enjoy when we do any form of teen horror, both Fear and I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yeah, those are two great episodes. I think we're really good. I like Poison Ivy a lot as well. I thought the Stone Age, a recent one, also like Fear post-COVID, was another pretty funny one. Yeah. But yeah, once you start going further back, I don't really remember. Me neither. What I mean, it's well, a whole what didn't. <laughs> period of time in my life that it's just like hard to. I can remember the beginning of the show and then like little parts along the way of, of episodes that I liked, but there's a ton of content that we've done that I, I don't really remember at this point. I mean, we've recorded hours and hours and hours of material and given years of our lives to this at this point. <laughs> it's actually insane. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the things, I mean, we were complete novices, really. We didn't know what we were doing. And so even the idea of doing mini episodes on smaller topics was something we stayed away from because for a while we didn't know how to even get more episodes to show up in our Apple or back then iTunes podcast feed. We were like, well, it only lets us have 20 at a time. We don't know how to change it. (laughs) And so why would we want to do extra episodes to knock real episodes out? Yeah. Yeah. And then we figured it out. And so we were like, all right, well, now we can do mini-sodes. And so we, we introduced that. I think that was something that we had a lot of ideas at first. We kind of kept it going. It's a good way to do like year and reviews and stuff like that. But we've lost a little momentum with Give Us a Second. Like yeah. we said at the top, I this do, is our first one since August. I do enjoy, and now, of course now like, you know, we live in this world where it's just like terrible and we can't be on like schedule for anything. But like I, I do enjoy, as part of the show every year, getting to do the like, best of the year or like the year in review wrap-ups i always think that those are fun episodes well we're not doing it this year well yeah i mean there's no reason to (laughs) another thing that sort of evolved was we were able to start getting the the podcast out more regularly when you go back and you look at the dates the old episodes were released it's so random it's there's no 
consistency. It's like not every seven days. It's eight days, twelve days. I think like, six your days. obsession with the frequency in which the show is released is something that's been consistent throughout. Though, like you're always well because like, every other podcast, it's like they release on the same day, and ours <laughs> is just like random. At one point, well, we were releasing like five at a time, and then three at a time. Although that was mostly because I knew that they were shit. And I was like, we need to just get past them and yeah. keep going. Because finally, after several podcast attempts, I realized the only way this is actually going to get listenable is if we just keep doing it. Yeah, and I, I was mean, right. It's the only way you get okay at something. I don't want to say good. <laughs> but the only way you get Well, like, yeah, if you compare how tentative and all over the map and unable to focus and not really funny i don't know just like all over the map we were at the beginning versus now we know how to like jump into it know what to say feel a lot more natural yeah there's like a reasonable rhythm to it now whereas before our energies would usually be completely different we don't have it all the time but there are episodes that i listen to that we are able to stay on like such a rhythm on like a normal back and forth flow not stepping all over each other. I know I'm certainly guilty of interrupting still, but there was episodes that I listened to that I'm actually like, wow, this sounds like shockingly, like we actually have like a really strong chemistry. Well, those are like the ones that I probably have to edit for like hours. That's right. Yeah. You, you <laughs> to go make it a, sound like that. Like a scalpel and make it work. <laughs> Our biggest gap during the first couple of years was April 23rd. 2017 to August 7th, 2017, where we did not post a new episode because the show was over, basically. (laughs) And after an uh, an outpour of support from the ass clowns, I would say. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was a a mixture of not being able to stay on a consistent schedule, plus just like general frustration with it and sort of just being tired of it. But it seemed like, yeah, there were people that like wanted it to keep going which was a surprise. Yeah, which was nice, but I also think that it's weird because obviously since August of 2017, it's been a long time now, and I haven't really felt the same way. But leading into that break, I just was like, I need a break. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was because we did those... The last episode we did before the break was that wrestling episode from Survivor Series 1997. And it did feel like kind of a drag. It was like a lot of writing for me because I basically would write out an episode and it was just like so much but then we come back with like the three episodes that week that we came back and it's I think actually we took a step up with that comeback and then there have been several moments since then where we took like another step up most notably when I took over the editing (laughs) (laughs) and then all of a sudden, there wasn't like a panic mode if we went to like past an hour. I was like playing that music from the Oscars, like <laughs> we got to wrap this up. Yeah, it just was like there was no more worrying because it's like Matt was still like going to bars trying to have That's a right. life. I would like <laughs> given up years earlier. And so I had way more time to just edit these episodes forever. Yeah. So I was like, I don't care if it's two hours. It's like if it's two hours, it's two hours. But yeah, I think there have been some misfires. Sure. If I had it all over again, I probably would never have started on the record because now I just don't have any interest in it. And it feels weird that we did four. I yeah. think we did four. And I they're don't... just sitting there. Yeah, it's okay. 
Yeah, it's not the end of the world, but I would be like, well, if I, I, I if I knew I was gonna lose interest after four, I probably wouldn't have. The, the idea not of music being it. a topic that we cover, I think, if you look back at the the full list of episodes, I mean, it just pops up here and there. Cindy Lauper. Well, those were like events that we went to. Though. That's true. That's, That's what true. they were like always tied in. Actually, with that. you know what? It's been a long time, but I really enjoyed the Kesha minisode episode. Our first minisode. Yeah, back in about the day, going to the Kesha show. Because what an experience that was. So at this point, we're over 200 episodes in. If you add in the give us the seconds and all that other stuff, it's, you know, we're looking at like almost 250. It's a lot of content. And yet, there's no end in sight. No, really, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, especially now that it seems like we've actually gotten positive feedback. And it's like, oh, this isn't just us talking into microphones just for ourselves. It still feels that way, though. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, if you want a sticker, <laughs> tweet at the show. We have stickers. They're free. Oh, yeah. So don't I, panic. It was, it's supposed to be a, a little gift to the ass clowns that would be interested in having a sticker, which I know is not everyone. So I don't really have anything else on the fifth anniversary other than just to acknowledge that it's happened. It's completely ridiculous that we've been doing this for five years. and yet- I never would have thought... We actually you know, started recording in November of 2015, I'll, so we, we're over five years of working on this stupid thing. <laughs> I know, it's nuts. <laughs> I'll mostly go along with whatever you want, so if, I guess I just always would have thought that you would have lost interest in this so much longer ago. Well, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> Not during that four-month break. It was other times. <laughs> yeah, I would say most other endeavors, you know, whether it was podcast music whatever just sort of fizzle out oh here we go where i'm gonna be blamed for the music stuff (laughs) okay (laughs) all right the other part of this give us a second is something that we talked about doing a while ago when we were gonna do the memorable trailers give us a second it was another idea floating around it sort of was really only half an idea which is why it's taking up half a give us a second (laughs) rather than a whole one yeah because there's not really much to say, because it's basically like a glorified recommendation segment, is basically what it is. That's It's fine. Which is underrated movies, and there were going to be specific criteria for this. It turned out to be too hard for one of us. Yeah, I, did, I struggled <laughs> Even with when this. I like loosened the reins on it, yeah. still was proving to be too hard. <laughs> but I get it. I mean, when you're not... I just look at my mountains of Blu-rays, and I'm like, all right, well, which of these movies that I own didn't really do well or get great reviews but i like and that was basically all there was to it it was like all right if a movie got terrible reviews but it made like 300 million dollars or something then that really is not an underrated movie or if it didn't make any money but it was a critical darling that really isn't the same thing either i i I kind of wanted something that was like not really loved by that many people but we liked for whatever reason and I'm sure I have a ton of these, but it's like when I was going out trying to just do some research to like spark some Yeah, but the, I me. feel like when you look at other people's underrated movies list, that's not going to work because it's underrated to them. Yeah, and I, by the way, a lot of those people are like dead wrong or we're like really far apart on what they consider like underrated. I was seeing people list movies like Inherent Vice. I, I would never consider that to be underrated. I mean, maybe in terms of like how much I like it compared to other people, but I think that would probably qualify, but not really in in our world because we talk about it and we like it. Okay, yeah. But I think in general, it probably. I does. guess it's fair. 
That's fair. Um, it's probably for most people the least favorite PTA movie, and it's probably like amongst our favorites, yeah. if not the favorite. But I also think about there, there's stuff that comes to mind, like a movie like The Hot Spot, which we like did for the podcast. There, yeah. There's stuff. There's a bunch of stuff that we've done that I think fall into the category, but nothing was coming to mind. I was thinking the two easiest genres to think about because they always are critically reviled is comedy and horror. If you start there, especially like horror sequels and horror remakes and stuff yeah. like that, it's pretty easy to like just start thinking of stuff. I actually had some backups that I thought of, but I, I'm not going to like list them in case we ever return to this, although we probably won't. Right. So my two were two that were on my list of movies. Both that, of them were? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they were. <laughs> so we'll talk about them here, and they will end up being their own episodes. But Well, we're going to touch on these things very briefly, because sure. we wanted to keep this kind of a short give us a second. It's already getting late at night. So we might someday do these. Oh, yeah. We're not ruling it out. My two are actually underrated, so no. Because the first one no one has seen and it would be hard to do as an episode and the second one is like a raunchy teen sex comedy so no for either of mine (laughs) yours are kind of doable one of them no probably not (laughs) because nothing happens i think i know which one (laughs) the one i just watched tonight before the show do you want to do one do one of yours first or do you want me to do mine first uh we can start with one of mine all right Let's hear your first underrated movie. Um, let, let, let's do the one where nothing happens first. Okay. I, I, so and you're going to probably be shocked at actually how much of a success this movie actually was, unless yeah. you looked it up. I didn't look it up in terms of that. But so what? What year was this? Was this was 2011 that this came 2010. out? 2010. 2010. Now, just say the name of the movie before right. people flip out. <laughs> meaning me. People, are, yeah, so mad. Okay, so Sofia Coppola somewhere people rolling their eyes and groaning <laughs> at this announcement yeah, i don't know i think most people uh, probably I, I just feel like most people that i talk to were like this is movies just not on their radar like at all or if it is they hate it well that's true <laughs> <laughs> which i guess does kind of make it underrated although i do think it actually did have a slightly positive rotten tomato score like in the 70s yeah low, i, I did think that it was like panned or anything and but- it did not make any money really in America. However, worldwide it made fourteen point seven on a seven million dollar budget. That is shocking. So I remember us not even did seeing all right. this in a theater. Didn't we watch it like No, the, actually this is my one note that I wrote, which was we watched this as a bootleg. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> I hope the statute of limitations have ended or yeah, else yeah, well, we're gonna have to head down to Barbados till things blow it over. It wasn't our bootleg. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. Okay. I burned it. I see. I thought it was a listener of the shows. No, no, no. I did it. Okay. We just watched it at his apartment. Right. Um, so, And to be fair, we would have definitely paid to see this in a theater. We were just getting frustrated because it didn't it open It wasn't getting here. released, yeah. I think it made like a million dollars in America. Okay. So I think that qualifies then. Which is still a lot more than one of my picks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I love Sofia Coppola. I, I, I feel like not every one of her movies is an A+. I finally have started to turn the corner on liking Sofia Coppola because I really only like two of her movies, I think. I don't know. I still I liked the Beguiled remake, too. Mm, it was okay. <laughs> it's not as good as the original. 
Yeah, well, that's true. Come on, they never are. <laughs> that might be like her third best movie, though. Yeah. Which, although somewhere, I, I mean, I don't well, hate you know, somewhere. I, I don't hate it. I just don't really understand it because it's so similar to Lost in Translation, except not as good in any way. Well, that's true. You don't have that electric relationship feel. <laughs> well there's no there's no sexual tension because instead of a man and a younger woman that he meets at a hotel it's a man and his semi-estranged young daughter played by l fanning who yeah i don't really even think i knew that dakota had a sister before this movie maybe is this the movie we met her from or is it something I, else uh, i don't know this was it, I'm not before saying it was Super her 8? first movie, but yeah. it might have been the first thing I saw her in. Before what? Super 8. Oh, yeah. it was. I think Super 8 was 2011. Okay, yeah. I don't know. I, it's hard for me to remember now. I feel like I, I knew who she was at the time, but... It's Steven Dorff, yeah, who which, is playing a, I think an actor. Awesome. You know, someone who I would... Uh, if I was talking to Lindsay about Steven Dorff, I'd be like, the guy from the Britney Spears music video... Where has like sleeveless shirts is like kicking boxes all over the place. I think probably there are some film fans who may have bought a lot of Steven Dorff stock in the '90s, never really was able to cash out on it. It didn't really pan out. <laughs> no, where he became like a huge star or anything, but he still works. I think he's been in like TV shows lately oh, yeah. and stuff. But he's like an actor, divorced, has a daughter, hangs out at the uh, Chateau Mormont. See, I always find that Sofia Coppola is able to present these characters that just, I mean, like loneliness, unable to feel joy and pleasure in any way. I find those qualities very relatable. Yeah. Yeah. It always kind of speaks to me, particularly in different time periods of my life and somewhere was was hitting for me. And I always feel like great songs in the movie, a lot of visually interesting parts even though yes it kind of feels boring and like nothing is happening i think that there's things to like here it just seemed like i don't know it just seemed very stylistically and thematically similar to lost in translation i, I agree sort of with like that. it's weird that she's sort of just redoing it with a slightly altered idea but let's move on to my first pick 2014 lost river Written and directed by Ryan Gosling. That's right. Now, you want to talk about <laughs> a bad box office and a bad Rotten Tomatoes score. <laughs> box office, $615,000. It was released same-day VOD in very limited theaters. I think Warner Brothers was involved at one point, and they, they really wanted to abandon it. I don't really know that anyone really understood what they had on their hands. Critics really didn't like it either. It had a 31% on Rotten Tomatoes. I do kind of find this all surprising because it is a pretty cool movie. I think it's an awesome movie. Yeah. I think it's like a borderline masterpiece. It's like that. It's the uh, neon noir. <laughs> yeah, it's very stylistically influenced by some directors that Gosling had just worked with, including... Nicholas Winding Refn and Derek C. I know France. it does kind of seem like he took both of those characters' looks and kind of like mashed them together. The cast is really cool too. It's That's Christina Hendricks, Saoirse Ronan, IND, Dick Castacker. I'm not really sure how to say it. Matt Smith, Ben Mendelsohn, and Eva Mendes in her final film appearance. The what? D- I didn't realize that. That was the last movie she was in? Yeah, she 
is basically retired, I guess, okay. and just is raising their two daughters that they have. But yeah, it's uh, it's been seven years. I don't think she's has any plans to act anymore. Okay, it's a hard movie to explain. It takes place in a semi dystopian version of Detroit that, for all I know, might be real. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so weird Based and on bleak. The but I don't think it's it, it's not quite real. The characters' names are crazy. Christina Hendricks' character's name's Billy, but then there's Bones, Bully, Rat, Dave, Cat. The names are crazy. It's like a lawless world that doesn't make sense, but it's it's also sort of grounded in the real decaying city and the suburbs that are like abandoned and a lot of based on like the financial collapse and everything. Sure. The plot synopsis on IMDb is a single mother is swept into a dark underworld while her teenage son discovers a road that leads him to a secret underwater town. And I was like, yeah, kind of, but it doesn't really capture like a lot of the other part of the story, which is like that weird bully guy. Right, right. And like stealing pipes from houses yeah. and Saoirse Ronan's character. Yeah, and what she that sings whole at the end. <laughs> thing that the Ben Mendelsohn character is involved with that. Well, that's the dark underworld where there's yeah. like those, uh, I don't even know, they're like those pods they go oh, into. Oh, the pod, yeah. It's like a pleasure pod or right. something. <laughs> it's a very strange movie. Absolutely. I can see it not being for everybody. There's definitely parts of it that are uh, off-putting, I would say. But every shot looks really cool. It's hyper-stylized. The soundtrack is very much similar to Nicholas Winding Refn because I think like the chromatics did it and all oh, that yeah. stuff. Yep. Johnny Jewel. Yeah, it's got like that whole vibe going. I think it's like really cool. I've watched that movie probably like five or six times. I might be like its biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> I just I think, think it's cool really I, I just think it's really cool. And I I'm surprised it I think it does have a very small cult following, but for the most part, people either don't know about it or are bored and turn it off. No, I, I definitely like it. And I also really like that song in it, like that Cersei Ronan sings, yeah. like that Tell Me. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the end credits. It's a jam, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, because of the complete lack of success, I kind of doubt that Ryan Gosling will really get a chance to make anything else. Eh, it all but depends. who knows? Yeah. All right, let's do your second. My second is another movie that was on my list that came out a couple of years ago to limited fanfare i would say we saw it in the theater but i enjoyed it uh quite a bit it's definitely dark and weird parts of it kind of seem like throwback to like heathers almost thoroughbreds is the name of it from 2017 yeah i don't think it i don't know if you have these figures it didn't make much money made three million on a six million dollar budget okay so that's a that's a loss the reviews were mostly positive it stars Olivia Cook, and Anya Taylor, Taylor Joy, Joy, and Anton Yelchin. And his final appearance, I think. It's completely I mean, insane because it felt like he had died like years right. prior to this movie yes. actually coming out. Because I think we actually didn't see it until early 2018. Agreed. Yeah, that's right. By the time it was in theaters around here. But it is listed as 2017. Yeah, it's sort of a dark comedy. Once again, featuring a, a character who just completely can't feel emotions. You know, you'll notice a theme here with the movies that I'm interested in. Yeah, I think the Olivia Cook character is supposed to be like a true sociopath, unlike Stephen Dorff, who's sure. just sort of a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, she's 
She's a little bit more like she can't feel emotions at all is the way that she describes it. I haven't it. watched Thoroughbred since we saw it in the theater, honestly. But I did enjoy it. Yeah, I liked it too. I bought the Blu-ray. I have the Blu-ray as well. I um, have somewhere also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a movie that you hate. I didn't say I hated it. Well, you're very oh, down on God. it. But a dark comedy, I would say on the darker side of dark comedy. I mean, it, it's pretty bleak. And the it's not really a twist, but there's sort of a, just an unexpected moment that comes from this scene where they're on the couch at the end of the movie. And it's just kind of a, a wild... Like I said, it's not a twist, but... I'd almost have to re-see it to know what you're talking about, because I don't even really remember. Yeah, maybe we'll, we'll talk about it off mic. But um, it, it leads to the thing that they're trying to accomplish throughout the whole movie. But there's this whole dynamic between them trying to get Anton Yelchin, who... It's kind of sad that this is the last thing that you see him in, because he's really like this like, dirty, almost, like strung out... Like, he looks like he's balding... <laughs> he doesn't look great in it and i think that's like sort of intentional for the character but you know they have this whole dynamic with him where they want him to commit this murder for them and then you know it turns out that he's kind of a pussy and not gonna do it but i don't know it, it's something that kind of came i really enjoyed it and i it just feel like it, it hasn't had much of a life since then but both the actresses in it have kind of gone on to do a lot particularly uh that on a taylor joy or whatever but olivia cook i mean she was in like ready player one yeah it seemed like she was having a moment but that it just sort of died down yeah yeah because ready player one was not really that big of a success or anything yeah well that's the thing this movie lost money it seems like a lot of movies like this end up losing money that's not very uplifting content but i don't know when we talk about movies from the 70s stuff like this would turn a little bit of a profit I think it's like relative, though. I do think that these filmmakers, and I'm not necessarily accusing this Corey Finley guy who wrote and directed Thoroughbreds yeah. of anything, but I don't know. Does this movie need to cost $6 million? That's a fair point. It's pretty limited storytelling. There's these movies that come out now. I think there's this sort of like indie darling movie this year called Shithouse. It costs like $15,000. And it's it, everyone's sort of like raving about it. I haven't seen it yet, but... I think ultimately, if you want to make movies like this and have them continue to be made and and have a career with it, you have to spend less money. And like, yeah, yeah, of course, if you can get six million from financiers, why wouldn't you? But when it doesn't make it back, it's it's a disaster and your career is sort of hurt by it. And then they're they're not going to make stuff like this. And you have to rely on the streamers to give you adult movies. I mean, this was his the, the first movie he did. He wrote it and directed it. I, I'll be interested to see, you know, what other chances he gets. I do think he directed something last year. He didn't write the screenplay for it. It might have been like an HBO movie or something. I don't know. It's on his filmography. I, I'll be interested to see what else he does in his career because I thought this was pretty good. Very quickly, the last underrated movie we're going to talk about is Sex Drive from oh, wow. 2008. Directed by Sean Anders. Written by Anders and John Morris. Sean Anders... I know he directed That's My Boy. This reminds me of the end of my DVDs at Walmart era. This is just Well, one... he probably was involved with a lot of DVDs from Walmart with writing and directing She's Out of My League. Oh, he yeah. wrote Hot Tub Time Machine. Right. He wrote Were the Millers, directed That's My Boy, like I said. Yeah. Also directed Daddy's Home. The $5 Will bin. Yep, a lot of $5 thing. bin buys in here. And it's based on a book called All the Way by Andy 
Barons. I'm not really sure how to say his name. I believe I read that book at some point. It's much more straightforward and not as goofy and raunchy as the movie. The movie is actually pretty hilarious. I think that it suffered from coming out at a time where you needed to have a star. Because, all right, your post knocked up and super bad at this point. You're talking one year later. This movie, in my opinion, is as funny as those movies, except no stars are in it. Sure. It doesn't have a huge profile. It sort of just comes and goes. I think the budget was $16 million. It made like 13 The Rotten Tomatoes score, which is based on a very limited number, according to Wikipedia, I think it was like 45%, but it wasn't like a lot of reviews. So... I don't know, for those of you who haven't seen it, it stars Josh Zuckerman, Amanda Crew. Whoa, we Clark are big Duke, fans of uh, Amanda Crew on this Seth show. Green and James Marsden. The whole movie basically hinges on the Clark Duke character, where he plays this chubby, goofy-looking dude. <laughs> That's like, seems oh, dorky, confident. But is like the cool dude. Yeah, yeah. And Zuckerman is like a reasonably good-looking guy, and he plays like the virgin dork. Right. And so it's like sort of a reversal of what you would expect these characters to look like, and it works perfectly because Clark Duke, this was like my introduction to him, he was also in Hot Tub Time Machine. You know, he's not like a genius, but he's got like great comedic skills, and he pulls this off, and it almost immediately you're sucked in because of it. You're like, who is this guy? The life of the party yeah. is like this kind of goofy-looking dude. I always thought the uh, James Marsden character is hilarious. Oh, yeah. Marsden's hilarious. Everything is great. It all works. Miss Tasty. <laughs> this whole like catfishing scheme on the internet to steal cars, which makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. You have the brothers, Andy and Randy, right. jumping in the mix, being hilarious, in my opinion. The stuff with Seth Green is great. I'm not necessarily like the big biggest Seth Green fan. I thought that stuff was funny. Yeah. The whole Amish angle. It's and, been a while and it's for like, me. And it's injected with a lot of jokes that are just out of nowhere. The car that they steal to drive for the main character to lose his virginity, it overheats. They're pulled over the side of the road. They're trying to put water in the oh, radiator yeah, right. or whatever. So then they're like trying to pee in it and like none of the guys can pee. So then... Amanda Crew like hops up on it and she's like peeing in it. You don't see anything, but then that car drives by and then like the kid in the back takes a picture and they just cut to a website that says like leaking ladies. <laughs> <laughs> when he's at that abstinence event and gets a boner and it's like immediately on YouTube. Right. Just like stuff like that that's incorporated well that obviously isn't in the the book that it's based on. Yeah, I just think it's it's really funny. It seems so much better than its title. The title sort of makes you cringe and be like, oh, this is going to be something that like thinks it's really raunchy and funny, but you're just sort of cringing the whole time. Yeah. But it actually works. Around this same time period, I can remember renting the movie College, I believe it was called. I vaguely on remember On Redbox. That. Yeah. And that movie oh, yeah. is a I disaster. Re- I can remember the trailer for it. It is painfully oh, yeah. unfunny. <laughs> And it's the same sort of vein where it's like this. I don't. That might have been rated PG thirteen, but it was like a semi raunchy teen sex type movie. Miss March was another one, which oh, was yeah, tied in with right. Playboy. Those movies are terrible. Sure, and they all came out around the same time as Sex Drive, so Sex Drive might get lumped in with that stuff. But I'm telling you, if you haven't seen it, it's worth it. It's funny. It's been a long time for me. I w- I would go back and give it another go. 
All right. So it's been five years. Here's to five more. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Imagine me doing this at 42. It's going to get really interesting when you're like, I felt like this actress was really looking good as like a hot older woman. And I looked her up and she was 32 and you're like 42. <laughs> <laughs> Still just thinking that I'm forever 17. Right. Oof. It's sad, folks, to get old. It's a age is a tough thing. But honestly, before we started recording tonight, we were talking about, let's just say our actual real lives and leave it at that. And, you know, it sucks. <laughs> really? And we're not going to talk about like politics or any of that kind of shit. But obviously, the real world is pretty grim in a lot of ways. And this is like the ultimate release for us. And we just have fun doing it. Or and at least I think we try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, like, Matt gets, like, super defensive whenever I criticize the release dates of the podcast at the beginning <laughs> or the editing or whatever. But, yeah, for the most part, it's just fun for us, and I don't think we would really care how many people listened, but it's nice I to know that there's somebody out there. proven that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were basically doing this show in an empty room right. we <laughs> for might as well fucking not years. even had microphones. <laughs> What are you talking about? Eli Roth listened. That's true. That was the one highlight that we forgot to mention it on this is, anniversary. Yeah, that, and as you like to point out, we peaked so early. Yeah. It would have been weird if we were like a little bit better at that time, what that would have been like. Although he probably wasn't going to sit through like a a two-hour podcast, even if it was about his own movie that no one else likes. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, thanks for listening. <laughs> really? Follow the show on Twitter at Greatest Pod. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Or Podbean, give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate all the reviews. We love it. It's great. If you want a sticker, reach out via Twitter. Again, at Greatest Pod, we will get you that sticker. It is free. We want our listeners to have these stickers. Follow us on Letterboxd, Zach1983, Matt Crosby, Z-A-C-H-C-R-O-S-B-Y, if you're confused. (laughs) I think they can get it. I think it. they can yeah. find us on there. Plus, I feel like I don't know that you need to spell it. You put it in the info of the show, usually. Right. If you want to watch the four underrated movies and give us your reviews of all of them being one star or less, right? that's something we want to see. That's the whole point. We would like to know what our listeners are watching, what they like or don't like. Let them see the other stuff we watch that we don't do episodes on because we watch a lot of movies besides the the topics of the show. So anyway, thanks for listening and we will talk to you very soon with a new full-length episode. See ya. Pushing through the market square So many mothers sighing News had just come over We had five years left to cry Guy wept and told us Earth was really dying Cried so much his face was wet Then I knew he was not lying I heard telephones, opera house, favorite melodies I saw boys, toys, electric irons and TVs My brain hurt like a warehouse It had no room to spare I had to cram so many things to store Everything in there And all the fat skinny people 
teacup knelt and kissed the feet of a priest And the queer threw up the sight of that I think I saw you in an ice cream parlor Drinking milkshakes cold and long Smiling and waving and looking so fine Don't think you knew you were in the song And it was cold and it rained So I felt like an actor And I thought of more And I wanted to get back there Your face, your race The way that you talk I kiss you, you're beautiful I have seen it here in this castle. No. Oh, no. Bad, bad suit. What is it? Oh, wicked, bad, naughty suit. She has been setting a light to our beacon, which I've just remembered is grail-shaped. It's not the first time we've had this problem. It's not the real grail. Oh, wicked, bad, naughty, evil suit. Oh, she is a naughty person, and she must pay the penalty. And here in Castle Anthrax, we have but one punishment for setting light the grail-shaped beacon. You must tie her down on a bed and spank her. You must spank her well, and after you have spanked her, you may deal with her as you like, and then... Spank me. And spank me. And me. And me. Yes. Yes, you must give us all a good spanking. And after the spanking, the oral sex. The oral sex. Well, I could stay a bit longer. Together. Oh, hello. Quick. What? Quick. Why? You're in great peril. Oh, no, that one. Silence, foul temptress. Oh, she's got the point. Come on, we will cover your escape. Look, I'm fine. Come on. I can tackle this lot single-handed. Yes, let him tackle the single-handed. Yes, 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 y